Hey, this is going to go up on profound, but I got to, we're going to have some real fun today. I, I got Derek Lewis with me. So for those who have read my book, it says with Derek Lewis, he's been my partner in crime for how long we've we been together now? Uh, at least three years, huh? Three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Derek, I met Derek through Gene, Gene's old editor, Todd, and, and, uh, you know, we just mind melded on how to collaborate and we've been working together on a couple of books and we'll be shortly announcing some new book we're working on, but we got a couple more in the queue. So we're kind of going nuts here, but, but what a couple of things. So the, for those of you who may remember before Deming's Journey of Profound Knowledge came out, Derek and I did sort of a three chapter dramatic version and and Derek read it like amazingly well. He knew the material so well because we we had gone through the material over and over. You know, like we, like we had I think eight revisions on, on the book, right? And every time you would do a loud a out loud read, we'd sit together, <laughs> we'd go through it, and like we'd take all the input and we'd say, "Ah, oh, all right, well we can fix that." And, and I, I at that point I was like, "Man, you should I get you to do a rendition here." So we had a little bit of fun last week. Alan Scott on LinkedIn. I'll put his profile here in the show notes, but he posted, you know, we, we had talked about in, why don't you tell, tell how we talked about the the memo that shocked the world that we talked about in, in Deming's Journey of Profound Knowledge? Yeah. So, you know, Walter Schuert is the father, the founder, the, uh, the originator of statistical process control. And uh, we, you know, in the, in the book, we say, you know, whenever something amazing happens, you think there should be a parade and a, yeah, yeah. A, you know, parade and, and going down through, through main street. But there was, there was no fanfare. There was no, um, the, the world didn't know what it had just received the gift that it had been given when Walter Schuert submitted a one page memo to his boss and one third, sorry, two thirds of the page was actually a, a, a diagram, a simple diagram of, of anybody would recognize statistical process control. And, uh, and there we, you know, we call it the, the memo that changed the world. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, you know, and I think, you know, I mean, we were pretty clear in the book of like, and Deming, you know, to his credit, I think, you know, was, you know, just always giving praise to Stuart. And I think that, yeah, I, you know, I can't think of, you know, again, I think our research has been pretty, pretty vast in the last three years about Dr. Deming and Schuert and all that. But, but I'm sure people there are, there are definitely people who have way more experience in this. I, it'd be hard pressed to find somebody who could say something negative about Dr. Schuert. Um, so with that, I, this Alan Scott had found not only the, the the article that where this one page memo the one page the control chart that the third you know like a two-thirds of the page control chart and then a short memo you know the one page miracle and and in that though you know that was great to find the i i'd found like a diagram of it but this was actually you said it was the what was the publication this issue of industrial quality control, gratefully dedicated by the board of directors of ASQC. I'm assuming that's the American Society for Quality Control. Yeah, so 1967. So in this edition, they or this, you know, yeah, this publication, they did a tribute to Walter Schuett. So some really great stories. 
I mean, I, I, I know there's a really interesting story by Van Hyra Bush. And, but, but some of the people, you know, you want to rattle, some of the people we mentioned in our book are really big parts are, are sort of have these like really awesome tributes to Schubert. Yeah, I was actually a little jealous or, or envious, I guess, whenever we got this. I, I wish that we would have had this whenever. No kidding. We were writing Deming's uh, Journey to Profound Knowledge. Because there's uh, Karu Ishikawa, which was an yeah, uh, totally. awesome guy out of uh, the University of, of Tokyo. There was Harold Kellogg that uh, he worked with whenever uh, he was on the the war production board for standards and, and quality. Oh, I mean, I, most people know, but when Deming worked with him, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah, when Deming worked with him. And then here's Olmsted, same thing. EGD Patterson was a famous mathematician that both Schubert and Deming studied with in, uh, in, in Britain. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a treasure trove of, of who's who in, in Deming's life. Yeah, yeah. And then there's... Um... J.M. Duran. Never met a fellow he liked. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting, you know, I've, we, we tried to stay away from all this, you know, who created the miracle in Japan and Shoroshin, I guess I always pronounce his name wrong, but, and, and you know, we don't talk much about Duran a little bit, but it seems like there's always this sort of Duran is really sort of trying to downplay the Deming influence and, and, uh, you know, and then, you know, some of the other people that went over there. And I, I think there's a little jealousy. And Deming got you know, probably, you know, I mean, when you look at some of the books, The Miracle Maker, The Miracle, you know, you know, we were clear to, to say, to try not, even though we are sycophants for Deming, we, we tried in the book to really not, you know. To, we're to trying point, to pretend we were objective. There you go. We pretend. That's right. But we did say, you know, Deming didn't create the miracle in Japan. The Japanese created the miracle in Japan. Like we, like we made a clear distinction about that. And, and I don't know that I never saw ever heard, you know, I, I guess two meta points is that one is I don't think I've ever heard Deming really talk ill of anybody, including Duran or anybody else, but boy, Duran just probably didn't like Deming. And so in this, like, Glorious list of amazing people who have basically praised Stuart. Duran yeah, goes on to yeah. talk about. Go ahead. Uh, all the, the names that I just mentioned. Yeah, I I have to say they have all written tributes in memoriam to Walter Stewart for Walter Stewart's special memorial issue. So he's dead, and this is like a, a global, you know, confab of. Here's our our praise and here's our take on Walter Stewart's life. So, you know, and, and so what I'm going to do is ask you to read in the very dramatic style that we did the three chapter of Deming's Journey, Profound Knowledge, and and I think we're going to have a little fun. I think you're going to have a little fun when you get your point. I will. The only thing I will say is every time you hear the word Stewart, assume he really meant Deming. All right, roll up your sleeves, my buddy. Let's go. My association with Schuert goes back to the mid-1920s. I was then a young engineer at the Hawthorne Works of Western Electric Company and a charter member of the tiny newly formed statistical quality control department of the inspection branch of that huge works. Schuert, a mathematical statistician, was a member of a newly created Bell Telephone Laboratories team, which had been given responsibilities to provide the various telephone companies an assurance of the quality of Western Electric products. This team, 
whose intellectual leader was the late T.A. Quarles. There you go. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. It gets better, folks. Mm-hmm. Whose intellectual leader was emphatically not Walter Stewart, but T.A. Quarles. Again, I got to inject here. I don't think in any of our research we've ever found, and anybody I've ever talked to have ever said anything but like pure accolades about Walter Schuett. And I've never come across anything that brought the, the question of who created statistical process control into doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, until this questions. It was Walter Schuett. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there we go. Go ahead. <laughs> Late DA Quarles undertook not only to measure and report quality performance, they also made creative proposals from controlled methodology, quality rating scheme, sampling theory, control chart theory. At the same time, Schuert presented to the fact executives the image of a theorist exhibiting some flashes of brilliance, but mainly impractical and unintelligible. <laughs> Schuert, unintelligible. Yeah, okay. At this outset, I tended to share this view. <laughs> sure did, Joe. When it fell to me to pilot Stuart on his maiden voyage through a large assortment of factory operations, it was at once evident that his ignorance of such matters was quite extensive. Yet there was a youthful exuberance about him. Now, of course, Duran is younger than Stuart. Yeah, at the time. There you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was a youthful exuberance about him, a keen inquiring curiosity. So this is his positive part of the, like he had to somehow get a little bit of positive in the two sentences between the hundred sentences where he's tearing them to shreds. But okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is his, this is as close as, as he comes to uh, To a tribute of Walter Stewart after his death. Yeah, Yeah. After his death. Good point. A keen inquiring curiosity leading to imaginative questions and proposals relative to application of control charts and sampling. So according to to Duran, Walter Schuert had a curiosity about control charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, so it's going on, but yeah, you know, also was sort of interested in this thing that he created the one page memo about. But go ahead. Over the years, my image of Schuert came to change radically. I came to feel that his contributions were of two very different kinds. One, a conceptual approach to the theory of control. This was mainly philosophical in nature, presented in general language, embellished with mathematical models, and largely beyond the grasp of the unsophisticated reader or listener. Two, some specific practical tools for control, of which the most widely known is the Schuert control chart, that elegant perpetual taste... (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't get over it. <clears throat> that elegant perpetual test of significance. So there, there, there is a positive word, elegant. He yeah, actually, yeah. you know, it says the one page memo is elegant. <laughs> that is where it gets good. This, yeah, is, yet, folks. Yeah. this is his positive spin on it. A tribute after the man died, but go ahead. In memoriam. Schuert was, in addition, a... <laughs> was, in addition, a competent promoter. His inventions of practical, elegant tools gave him the aura of a doer and thereby made him immune from curt dismissal as a pure theorist. In addition, he possessed a mystique derived from the then-novel use of conceptual models. 
Moreover, he had no reticence about speaking or writing, so that he was increasingly into man. I mean, he makes him sound like P.T. Barnum. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 totally. totally. Yeah. <laughs> He's just running his own circus, a uh, snake oil salesman. Moreover, he had no reticence about speaking or writing, so that he was increasingly in demand, because that, of course, is the, the only way that you get offered. Uh, and, and, you know, again, like he is really talking about Dr. Deming here, but go ahead. He just, he, you know. Deming, Deming wasn't dead yet, so Duran had to. This was his one. He <laughs> knew he couldn't do this for Deming. So he figured, like, you know yes. what? I'll do it on, on Shewart. And I'll know it's really about Deming, but, but they and, and, and Deming cares? will read it. Deming will read it and he'll know that it's really that's about right. Deming. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. However, the invitations, and they were international, came from the world of the intelligentsia rather than from the world of managers. In dealing with managers, he had neither the operating experience nor the vocabulary to communicate effectively. This same lack of communication necessarily limited the dissemination of his concepts. Now, I'll just hold off for one second there, right? You know, again, I, I, I think what Duran has done here is being an absolute jerk. Now, and, you know, Duran was a brilliant person. There was some, like, you know, I mean, one day I think we'll write a book about Duran, although I think we'll have a bit of a different perspective of, the, of how the arc of his profound it will be, but, but based on this. But, and, and some of this bears truth. It's just that, you know, the way he has to go about it, you know, I mean, I think there was, you know, the control charts were complex. You know, mid-level managers did have problems. So I think if people, some people are reading this going, hey, you guys don't even know. I mean, we do know. I mean, that like, you know, some of the sort of fallout and, and when you get into the mid-50s, 1950s in Japan, was there was some complexity of what Deming was teaching to the higher level people that the mid-level. And and then Duran had real success there. So like, again, I give Duran his due for his impact on Japan. And some of this is true, but just... The way he has to go about this and, you know, and just be humble and accept that you were, you know, a contributor to modern management. But all right, I just wanted to get that in here. So, And, you know, the other thing for me with, with Duran and, uh, and, and Schuert is that, well, you know what, I'll, I'll just, let me, I've only got one paragraph left. Okay. And then, uh, it's a good one. Stewart's work remains very much among us. The tools which bear his name and which are in such widespread use would by themselves be enough to give his name an immortality. The effect of his more philosophical concepts is far more difficult to appraise. I do not happen to subscribe to the belief that in this respect, Stewart marked the beginning of a new era. He did indeed probe into the concepts of control, as did his predecessors and contemporaries. Some of these became more immediately effective because of their greater ease of communicating with practicing managers. Now, he just got finished saying that that I mean, Stewart couldn't communicate with, with managers, and now he's saying that, you know. But again, you, you just see the subtle he's talking. Absolutely. I think, I think you could substitute the word Stewart with Deming everywhere, but here he's talking about Deming. Yeah. And then this, this, is, the, this is the last sentence, and this is... I mean, if we were building a metaphorical coffin, this would be the last nail. At best, it seems to me, 
Schuert's philosophical concepts have joined the numerous streams which collect and flow into our consciousness so thoroughly commingled that we cannot trace the sources. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, you um, you stuck the knife in. He wasn't dead yet. You twisted it. He was dying. You literally twisted again. He died. You buried him, and then your last sentence was to spit on his grave. You know what? He he probably did contribute, but I mean, you know, there are so many contributors. Who can really tell how much of this was short? The thing was, the reason I wanted to do this, right, is when I showed this, I had a call. Me and Derek had a call last Friday, and I was showing him this, and he's reading it out loud, and he is laughing twice as hard as he he did this time. And, and I tell you, they're all genuine laughs, right? But, you know, and I'm like, we got to do this live. But I was, I was out of breath. I, I was, I was astounded. I mean, whenever you sent this over to me, I printed it out. And then you said, did you see the, the, the tribute from Joanna? No. And so I, you know, quickly rifled through the, the pages here. And then I, I, I was expecting it to be effusive. I was not expecting it to be. <laughs> He's in good riddance. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Like that would have been like, like just much easier. Like, like we didn't need him anyway. Thanks, you know. But, 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 like the thing you said, I thought was like worth like sort of noodling over just a little bit here is how the hell did the editors let him print this? I mean, did they not read it? I mean, did they like, oh, you know what? We'll just put it in. Oh shoot! After we published it, we probably shouldn't have done that. I mean, like it's a tribute, a memorial. Well, you know what? Let me let me look real quick. What what was uh, when did Walter Stewart die? All right, so he died in March of nineteen sixty seven. This is the August, August issue. So if it's the if they had to distribute it in August, they probably printed it in July. So that means that you know they. After Schuert died, it was probably determined after the fact, oh, we should dedicate the next issue to the father of industrial and quality. They, they, you know, there was probably a window where they had to reach out. And then, you know, they, uh, they didn't have email and Gmail, you know, so, um, you know. I mean, there's just page after page here of tribute and tribute. And you have to take out. Here's the here's one from. Uh, Leslie Simon, we Leslie talked Simon. about him yeah, dying, yeah. dimming at Aberdeen. He was a major general of uh, of the U.S. Army then. You know, so all of all of these, in addition to you know the content that actually goes in there, it would be very easy for me to believe that some junior editor, you know, quickly skimmed over it, didn't see any bad words, said, "Oh, this is Joseph Duran. Of course, it's going to be great." And types yeah, got to have Duran in this. You know, he's one of the major. You know. But yeah, it, it's got to be that nobody nobody actually read it, you know. Anyway, I thought that we'd have some fun, just a short little, you know. Just it's it's hard to sort of like, you know, it's hard to sort of figure out like, you know, who Joseph. I mean, you know, from what I've read, an amazingly hard scrabble life as well. <laughs> Interesting story of how he came over, and I don't want to get into that right now. And like, and and you know. Pulled his bootstraps up like Deming became a major influencer in, in, in how the world thinks about leadership management and the way we do many things. You know, the the Pareto effect was sort of not invented by him, but sort of used from the original Pareto. 
you know, it's just thing like major contributions. But I, I just, you know, there are these bitter people, and you know, I just like, you know, how you're going to be, you know, like people will know about Duran in a hundred years from now, and I just, boy, you know, when it, when the coin flipped, I would have rather been Deming than Duran, regardless of who won the, the stupid race. You know what I'm saying? In that, how people think about who I was as a human. And, and this just doesn't reflect well on you know, it. it. It strikes me that, that Duran had the, the opposite mindset of, of Deming. So one of the, you know, the things that we point out in the, in the book is that Deming got the, the Japanese industry to think not of their companies as a system, but as the entire Japanese economy as one giant system. System thinking, I mean, all of that, yeah. Right. Where whenever he came back to the to the U.S., he, he criticized uh, Ford and, and, and Chrysler and, and GM for thinking about how do we get I think his quote with a quote we used in the book was, how do we get a bigger piece of the pie instead of asking, how can we make the pie bigger? Yeah. Duran, there's only so much credit that can go out. So he has to try to get his increase his share of the pie of credit yeah. instead, of, instead of just saying, you know what, there is enough goodwill and enough praise to go around for everybody. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I think, you know, if it, you know, I think it takes, you know, I, I correct me again, why I always say Saracen's last name wrong, but with the Saracen or what the, you know, the, the original guy MacArthur went over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The TWI uh, who yeah. wrote in TWI. Sorensen, he, you know, he got the lights on. Like, so, like, the, there's a whole like debate about like Sorensen versus Deming, Duran versus Deming. It's nonsense, right? But, but like, you know, when I talk to people who challenge me about Sorensen, I'm like, yes, there was somebody that had to get the lights turned on. They had to go into the factories. They couldn't do theoretical stuff. They weren't in the cheerleading mode. And I'm not saying Deming was a cheerleader, but like, they were literally, you know. You know, in our book, we're very clear about what he did. And then when Juice decided it wasn't what they needed, why they looked for alternatives. Right. But but to that point, you needed somebody to get the basic factory needs up. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you got Deming who puts in this like like light of like, we can do this. Let's cooperate. The Mount Hakani. Presentation, like all of that, right? With eighty percent of the controlling wealth is in this meeting, and he says you will be. And we talk about this, right? And and you know, and you know, I've talked to leadership people who who literally were were when I went in my Japan study trip. There was a gentleman who literally hired in nineteen sixty three, worked alongside Ono and Shingo, and said Deming's impact is incalculable. Told me to, yeah. to Toyota. Right, so like, so like the the cross control, his, his the way he thought about data, that all affected. By about 1955, from my research, some of that stuff didn't flow down as evenly down to mid level managers. Dran came in, and to some of his points here, he spoke directly to mid level managers. Was less theoretical, much more practical. Probably had more practical experience in the, in these factories. Them both, well, Stuart had plenty of experience, but but Deming was, you know, more was was reasonably academic, mm -hmm. a lot of consulting. 
So yes, like all three of them, rah, rah, rah. But like, but why the other two have to just take such a negative approach against Demi just still confounds me. So uh, and you know, history it's very rarely that history is is black and white. Yeah. So yeah. One of the things that we wanted to do in the in the book um was to to make sure that we stayed true to the to the truth as as you you know continually got because i i wanted to drink the the dimming kool-aid you continually like we, we've we've got to be objective we can't be you know well, i went through my early phase of deming sycophantia you were coming on board and i was like i know where you're at man i've been here <laughs> let me let me sort of slow you down like you know so yeah yeah but you know and that that's so we we traced it you know did you know did deming really deserve the the credit that that he got and we traced back Duran, we traced back Sorison and TWI and we traced back Deming and I mean I think we I hope that we make a compelling case just by presenting the facts with you know pretty decently well documented sources that this A plus B plus C step one two three this is this is how it happened and yes Deming had like you just said an incalculable impact but one of the things I loved that that you made sure that we put in there was that nobody had really told the Japanese side of the story, right? So none of this would have happened without Juice, and Juice wouldn't have happened without Kenichi Kenichi uh, Koyanagi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That story was, you know, we we knew that story had not been told. I mean, we're going to get into the depth of this, but you know, the whole uh, curious case of him, the Kenichi, yeah. you know. Because like there was nobody, it was like it was like this whole gap in his biography before he met Deming, and then you know sort of after Deming sort of was out of Japan, you know there's like one note of him showing up, you know, in a conference in the United States, and no obituary, right? And even the book I published the when we published the the letter I sent to Juice to mm-hmm. say, surely you guys have the guy who was the founder of your movement. In our book, we point out the gamification he did, like to like manipulate to get Deming into this situation and play against MacArthur's rules. And for it's like we cover that really well. This guy, he, you know, if there's any real, real, and we say this, and I think you you wrote a good part of this, which is you know, if there's any real genius here, it was Koyagi. Oh yeah. So, and 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 again. So that mixture there of Deming and him and he knew and all that stuff, you know, like, again, I, you know, I, I think it's, I don't let people, you know, very rarely will I let somebody corner me in just having to defend <laughs> Deming's impact. I did have, I was given a presentation once and some guy in the audience during a QA and it was a big forum too, but he front row and he, he was clearly, a, he knew his Deming stuff and he, and, and he basically Challenged me, he said, you know, and this is the one of the things that come up a lot, you know, Deming was not Sorison's first choice. It was Shewitt, and Shewitt was sick, and Deming came. I'm like, you know, well, okay, there's multiple stories of that. You know, there is the one where Kenogi wrote him a letter, you know, asked him to come. But like, okay, let's just flip a coin on that. But I, I turned to him and I said, you know, let me ask you this. You know, you seem to know Deming pretty well. Do you think the outcome of what happened in Japan would have been different if Deming didn't go? And sure it went. And he just looked at me with a blank deer in the headlights there and says, it would have been usually different. Of course it would have, right? Yeah. 
So yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll say this, and then I'll I will I'll I'll try to turn off my my dimming Kool Aid. <laughs> but I personally, I feel that half of the good that Dimming did came from his inspiring encouragement of the Japanese. Nobody thought they could do in anything. They didn't think that they could do it. Whenever he stood before that, you know, that, that group of, of industrialists, like you said, the 80% or so wealth represented in, in the nation. And he told them that they could be a great manufacturing country again. We put it in, in the book. They they thought it was crazy, but they didn't, you know, embarrassed. They wanted to save face, so they went along with it. But they, they didn't even believe in themselves. And Deming, year after year, time after time, I, I can't remember. It was at 12 or 13 different uh, trips he made to Japan, not counting all the trips that Japanese executives made to his brownstone <laughs> in D.C., and always it was encouragement and inspiration and telling them that they, they could do it and telling, pointing out whenever they had done a, a great job. He, he he believed in the Japanese whenever they didn't believe in themselves. Yeah, you know, you know, and I think that's, you know, the, the, the stories you hear about him, we heard about him from Doris Quinn and all is that, you know, he, he was he was on the side of the worker. Like, if you wanted to learn, if you were willing to roll up your sleeves, you wanted to work, you wanted to, you know, you were sort of like, you know, he was brutal on leadership, you know, the, the tyranny of the modern, you know, prevailing systems, right, but of management. But, but like, you know, the, the thing that you could see really clear was when he knew people generally wanted to learn or try to solve problems or were in positions that were sort of stuck under you know, the, the, the tyranny of the prevailing management systems, whatever the, his quote was, like, he, you know, he was, you know, he was your champion. So anyway, I wanted to get this one on, on tape. I thought we'd have some fun. I think you all will enjoy this. You know, maybe someday we'll write something more extensive about Duran, but, you know, it, and just like we tried to be balanced on our positives with, <laughs> with Debbie, we'll try to be, we'll try to balance our negatives of the, J.M. Duran. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. Always a pleasure, John.